0: Out of the 95 Best Picture winners, only one will be crowned the bestest of the best. This is the final stretch of the quest for the bestest from Backlot Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Abram Buener, Tucker Hazel, and Tanner Dykstra. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlot Banter. The episode gets started in just a moment. Welcome back to the Quest for the Bestest. It's the podcast from Backlot Banter, where us four Backlot boys review every single Best Picture winner. And at the end of this episode, by all accounts, we will have completed that episode task this is the 95th episode of the quest for the bestest and today we are doing the very first best picture winner ever wings from 1927 directed by william a wellman and harry de d'arras does that's a great name thank you imdb uh-huh. for that one what <laughs> yep well Okay, It may be the last episode of Quest, but as you might know, it's not actually the last one. This is the final of the Central Canon, but we have found some nooks and crannies to get some other videos out about the series. Just a couple more, but we really here are here at the end of it all. I can't I can't really, you know, have very few words about that. And a lot of words about this movie, which we're going to get into right okay. after a little housekeeping. Last week, we talked about All the King's Men from 1949. We, it was a political movie that we... Well, it wasn't last week. It was two weeks ago. It was a political movie yeah, yeah, yeah. that we were like, ah, the, but it doesn't actually say anything about politics. And so thus, it got a 4.5, and it ended up at the 85th spot on our list. Not great. Sorry. Yeah, that's Not that's long. bad,
1: actually. That's, that's yeah. pretty
0: much down there at the bottom. Today though we might be able to get a better movie. Who knows? We'll see. I'm gonna. We're gonna find out about what we think of this uh, after a featured comment. Do we have one for this time?
2: Well, the interesting thing, Timo, is that much like uh, all the King's Men, the selection of comments was fairly weak too. Oh, I didn't we have got much to say. At. One person <laughs> asking us to review RRR, which we already have done, and another person, I believe it was Dan, said that hadn't watched the movie. So. I went back to Braveheart, because we actually have a new fostered son in in the mix here. Uh, This is Matthew Burns, who says the following. Hey, fellas. I discovered your channel recently... Hey, Matthew. Hi.
1: Hi.
2: I discovered your channel recently and have been enjoying your quest. Not to sound like the archetypal old uncle, but I appreciate hearing your commentary through the perspective of your generation. I'm 51 and remember when Braveheart came out. A few tidbits for what they are worth. So glad you didn't rank Braveheart in your top tier. You were correct in applauding its entertainment factors, but it's a typical costume epic Best Picture winner, which is rousing and technically thrilling, but does not stand up to deep scrutiny. Mason Wiley, in his witty reference book Inside Oscar 2, tagged his 1995 chapter this way, quote, suppose they gave Best Picture to a film no one cares about. Uh, (laughs) Mel (laughs) Mel can be a fine director and a total douche simultaneously. Braveheart also has doses of homophobia and cruel plot shortcomings. Then, our good friend and new son Matthew goes on and on and on about some other points, but I'm going to truncate it right there because they largely pertain to what we should do after Quest for the Best, which I think is actually kind of already coming to focus So Matthew. Too late. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry bud. You sh- you should have joined our- you should have you should have put yourself up for adoption sooner.
3: We but, I mean it's not we you know, we we, we really haven't
2: yet. settled on anything, but we the, have not settled. The options are in, in our, in our we, hearts
3: I, know I we know we have. Yeah. I think so. It's a little intimidating though. We are scared of what road we are leaning towards. But you know, in the interim of quest, we will be taking, you know, probably a substantial break. Maybe a, a month or, or somewhere thereabouts. A year or
2: two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> years, we'll maybe. let you Decades. know. We will, Viewer, we will let you know how long Actually, a will it take. Actually, let's do it for 95 years, so when we come back. Oh, we, we got, got another 95 year review. A yeah.
3: To go to. Jeez. Okay. Yes. I like that. Well, those will all be uh, in the spinner for, for sure. options. <laughs> but we, you will know oh God, how long Quest the will be gone. <laughs> you will know how long Quest will be gone and when Quest will be back in some different iteration. Mm-hmm. You will yes. know.
0: Yep. Yes. And we're not going anywhere. We'd love doing this too much to stop Ooh, now. A love a good comment, bringing in some extra sources. Thank you for that one, Abram. And now it's time to talk about wings. Get on, awesome. Put on our flying caps and uh, load up the machine guns of commentary. Because what did you guys think of the film? Do we want to have a, a, a plot synopsis first? or yeah, plot synopsis is pretty easy for this movie.
1: Because you think about a war movie and this... This friends, is a war movie. This is a war movie. Uh, we've got we got two young strapping American lads, Jack Powell and David Armstrong, and they're kind of rivals. You know, in in their hometown, they they don't quite get along. They're both in love with the same girl whose name is Sylvia. Uh, and Jack has a girl next door named uh, Mary. Mary Preston. Mary yeah, Preston. Mm-hmm. They uh, all have very likes him. Yes, yes. Mary but loves. He him. doesn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both like the same other girl, and so there's this weird lopsided love trapezoid, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the focus of this movie. But as they both sign up to be in the uh, the Air Force, they go off, they do their training, they become friends by beating each other up, uh, and then they do World War One together. And World War One doesn't doesn't go too great, you know. There's a lot of death.
0: They do World um, War One, but World War One also does them.
1: It does them. It does them in. They yeah. almost do each other. That's a great uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about yeah. the we'll talk about <laughs> the guess uh-huh. at the end. Um but it's pretty simple, you know? Love love trapezoid and a mm. war movie and uh, lots of aerial dog fighting photography in the year 1927. So as the first best picture winner, I'll start I won't give my full thoughts, but I'll just start. Mm-hmm. I love this Rhombus was a great movie.
3: I wanted to say, I wanted to say Love Rhombus. The Love Rhombus. Love I have. Thank you. Continue Tucker, I wanted to, I wanted to slide that
0: in.
1: Well, no, I was just saying this is a great movie. I want to yeah. I want to let you guys give your thoughts first though.
0: Oh, okay. Who dares follow that up? Who thinks they've got the flying <laughs> skills? Uh, well, that's that, <laughs> My it, it biting is. criticism. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh, uh huh. Um, I was also
3: really, I, I'll say I'll say blown away by Wings, um, because you know. We've we've delved back into this era before. We just got out of it with things like Cimarron. It almost and never Cavalcade. goes well. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Broadway melody. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but then you get back to Wings, and you're like, there's a lot of like creativity going on here, directorially and uh, cinema cinemagraphically. Um, uh, I think that I think I'll the say. character stuff still leaves something to be desired, but I think there is yeah. a real like sense of. Uh, care and craft behind this the other ones didn't seem to have for some reason they did seem to be sort of you know there's thematic value to those as we've talked about with like um cimarron but they you know they haven't aged well by any stretch of the imagination but wings it is this like timeless war story that we've seen told over and over again especially in world war one talking about all quiet in the western front the one that came out three years after this or 100 and some years after this well actually not mm-hmm. quite a hundred years no. this film
0: is not quite a hundred or it isn't no, Not quite a hundred years. We, 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 years We've old. seen
3: yeah, we've seen this kind of story told before but I think it really is the, the Directorial hand behind wings that really made it sing for me.
1: Yeah,
0: Abram. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I think I I, I have a, a couple conflicting thoughts about wings. I suppose Tanner to your point it's interesting, as you're saying, really to not draw this into comparison with with the all-Quarles in front film from the '30s, with the one that came out just last year, because uh-huh. it's kind of interesting to look at the practical spectacle of wings and realize that they kind of got it right. Yeah, yeah. So long ago, and obviously, yeah, I, I, that's why
1: the first thought I came out of the movie, I'm like, I'm sorry, Edward Berger, but this happened like 90 years before, and it hasn't
2: changed that much (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I just that's i think that's a testament to how sort of awe inspiring a lot of the technical filmmaking here is and to me that's obviously the strength of wings and so through that lens i was quite entertained for significant portions of the film but i also find the actual character work and actual plot of the film to be fairly rote yeah, and frankly, I think that you really, really feel the runtime of this film in a yep. way that you yep. often don't. Now, partially, that's just sort of reacclimating your mind to the mode of silent filmmaking and, and the pace and this tempo of that, of that kind of story. Two
0: silent films we get to review for this. Episode. The only right. fully
2: silent film, yeah, is what Wikipedia says. So, so th- that's certainly a consideration, but I do think, nonetheless, that you could probably get to where Wings is going in a lot less than two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And if you were to do that, I think you, more of the focus would have been on where Wings is really at its strongest, which is orchestrating these incredible set pieces. So mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed Wings, and I think it is a especially timeless film. But I also think that it is quite boring in, in, in certain avenues. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think
0: my analysis of Wings is that it is spectacular it is a spectacle filled film that executes very well on its awe inspiring moments with dog fights and the flame effects and the including stuff on the ground with like there's like an aerial shot of a a bajillion guys standing on a road let's see if i can get my hands in the camera and then they all like flee off to the side and it's like no they didn't use computers for that they're not going to invent computers for another you know, 45, <laughs> 50 years, like, this is all mm-hmm. practical. And they're not going
1: to invent computers that can do that
0: for, like, 70 years or 80 uh-huh. years. <laughs> and so, just like, you know, I'm watching these dog fights. I'm like, this was real. It, yeah. I mean, maybe it's rear projection sometimes, but this is real a lot of the times. And I'm really like, yes. like this is so cool. And there's a lot of moments where I was watching it and I was like, oh, whoa, like that kind of reactions yeah. it was gathering for me out loud. But I very much agree with you, Abram, in that they didn't really figured out the pacing of movies yet. I think in general, I think that this is just a a symptom of silent storytelling is that they kind of spend a lot of time detailing out every motion of a sequence. When in a more modern film, you would cut that stuff out. You wouldn't really need to see some decisions being made. You see an initial decision and boom, you cut to the aftermath. And that's good enough. But in this one, we spend all that time beforehand trying to you know figure out what's going on and so it still lags in this in some elements of its old-time filmmaking but then in other elements you see some shots that you're like this is not going to be recreated for 80 years like they they, yeah. they will not f- shoot a close-up like this for decades afterwards and yeah. so i really enjoyed it i'm so happy we watched it and that was a really really yeah. interesting film
1: it's just such a remarkable first best picture when it said it set Mm -hmm. the bar really high and then the bar came crashing down to basically the bottom the next year with the Broadway Melody and I think that what (laughs) surprised me the most about Wings is that while I agree and and I think we can rightfully criticize the simplicity of the character work and some of the weird weirder elements of the their personalities and their interactions and stuff Um, but I was pretty sold on the characters because of their performances I think all three Mm -hmm. of our main actors give really compelling performances with Lots of facial acting because it's a silent movie, and that's what you gotta do to convey those emotions because you're not hearing, uh, you know, sixty percent of what they've what they're saying. And the only other movie that that has that has sort of recaptured that that we've seen is The Artist, which also has more modern affordances with a more dynamic um, soundtrack and, and uh, sound effects and stuff. But actually, I think with the version that I was able to watch with Tanner, I mean, I'm sure you guys watched a similar version. They did some really incredible audio work. For this movie, mixing in a score that I, I doubt is original. I, I there's no way that like that's what they played in the 30s. Or the, Where the did you guys watch it on? Uh, download from we downloaded uh, it. So, yeah, <laughs> Down- yeah, we <laughs> download- downloaded it. Um, but yeah. it, and it also had really great foley work inserted into it, plain zooming sounds and gun sounds and stuff. Really, and really highlighted some of these sequences. And even though there was no dialogue, I felt like I wasn't really missing a lot because yeah. I was in the mindset of a silent film. But it brought it to another level. It made me care more about sound effects because there wasn't dialogue overtaking them. Mm-hmm. It really made it. Of course, that's not necessarily fair to judge on this film with because it wasn't and here, with the here film let film initially. Let me but.
0: throw in. So this is funny because I watched silent movies. I listened to the. I watched mine on Tubi because it was free mm. and looked yes, good of enough course. um and and it's transfer has... rewatch was fucking
1: spectacular
0: it was... They remastered it so well yeah it looked really good and the title cards in this movie the best title cards i've ever seen like intertitles <laughs> were great but mm-hmm. it, it just had this piano soundtrack so i don't know after like 20 ish minutes i actually put on my own music to listen to which <laughs> i do frequently while watching silent yeah. movies um and it man my soundtrack was great i it, you know the, <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have any curated <laughs> I didn't. It matched up. It synced. The sad moments in the albums were sad in the movie, and like the, the intense
2: moments were intense in the movie. It just worked. Um, I play like Kirby music when I'm watching Caligari. <laughs> <laughs> From what I understand, you guys are watching the Paramount restoration. I don't know yes. exactly when they released yes. it. But they added Definitely all that because stuff. they
1: had the evolution of the Paramount or the yeah, de evolution right. of the Paramount yes. Studios logo, which is really funny. It went off for like forty-five seconds.
2: Yeah. I also and, and Mr. Trivia Man, you might not have an answer to this, I believe that there's more footage in this version than there was initially. Really? Yeah, so um I, I was digging through some some
3: uh, trivia surrounding the restoration and uh, well first of all the discovery of this film, because it was considered lost until it was found in uh, some film archive in Paris, France. Uh, But the original or or, a original version did have like an extra reel of footage, although that was edited out 10 to 15
2: minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: which is which was apparently edited out before it was like actually fully released back in 1927. So it stands to reason that I think we did watch the complete directorial vision of Wings. So
0: how long was yours? Wellman cut. About two, so and well a half, two hours guess.
3: twenty. Yeah. Or yeah, twenty
0: something. Two twenty. Yeah, mine was two hours twenty minutes too. Okay, so yeah. I think yeah. we probably watched yeah. the I think there, I think there is cut. a,
3: there is a well understood you know version of this film that is out there. Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I want to I want to get into talking about the specifics of the film here because I think there is a there's a lot of the th- interesting things to talk about in the periphery, but to zero in on the film itself, mm-hmm. which is um, our our mission like, here, our quest, yeah, if you will, our quest, if you will. Um, I, will. I think it's i, I think I we will. want to talk about characters first I, okay. th- that's always kind of where we start with these films so uh, i think it's fair to start there as well and yeah i i mean i said it and abram said it as well that the character work is rather simplistic but i agree with tucker as well that i think all of our actors are doing a phenomenal job as they often did back in these silent days with their big facial expressions and stuff like that and lots of physical action and, and things of that nature yeah. Um, it's also worth noting that you know we we say like oh we, the character work is rather simplistic. This is it is a propaganda film for World War One. Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty pretty transparently. It is. So not. A, I'm not expecting like complex all quiet on the Western Front contemplations on the nature
2: of war and no, violence there's and stuff like the utility of, of it in all. This movie. Yeah, it's it's interesting to say that though because. Simplistic is I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure that's the word I would use for the character okay. work. I don't think to I would me, use that either. it either. To me, it's more that there's a lot of movie and only a couple scenes that I think really get into our yeah. characters. Yeah. And there's a couple in particular that I think we should highlight because they're also quite interesting technically. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think in the moment when um, what's Mary Mary Preston mm-hmm. is yes. uh, trying to woo Jack away from the other girl. In the bar, I the think that's an interesting character moment. The bubble, mm. sequence. bubble
0: sequence, yeah, it's awesome.
2: But there is Hilarious. also, of course, the moment and the sort of aftermath of Jack realizing that he has shot down David. And to your point about the the propaganda and everything, these are interesting ideas, but they're so kind of far apart from each other. Mm. And there's a very peculiar line in which um, David's mom forgives Jack. Yeah. Yes. Saying that it's not you who killed him; it's the war. And I mm. and I find this to be a very strange and recurrent idea throughout the film. Because the for idea, all intents and purposes, he did kill him. He did. He shot and, him and, down.
0: But mm-hmm. the mother doesn't and see it.
2: Yeah, it's this interesting situation. I think where yeah, it's it's very propagandistic in a lot of ways, but also ultimately one of our main characters kills his own quote-unquote brother, you could yeah. say. And so the sort of glorification of war doesn't necessarily track with how the characters end up. Yeah. And so I just feel like it's not that the work here is simplistic, it's that there's really great nodes of character work, but they weren't stitched hmm. together in a way that I think kind of complete this picture of them or kind of complete the picture of what the film is trying to say about World War One. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: The, the the arcs of the characters are a little bit difficult to ascertain there's a big emphasis at the beginning of the film placed onto mementos that the soldiers Mm -hmm. are carrying with them into war um david has a very small teddy bear like cartoonishly (laughs) small teddy bear like where the fuck did he get this teddy bear uh and um and jack has a picture of sylvia and yes. Also presumably a picture of Mary cuz she handed him that but uh, who the hell knows where that went. It never uh, threw it showed it up. He threw it out again. the window on the way to the on the uh, way to the bus. <laughs> and then of course uh Gary Cooper uh says that he doesn't carry yes. uh any mementos with him for luck and then dies
0: off screen 2 minutes <laughs> dies later in the funny fucking know, sequence i He seen. doesn't die off screen. He dies on screen. He's in that plane. Let's well, we, sure, we, we do don't see the we do see the burning p- body though. Um yeah. which I wish we had.
1: Yeah. Um but I, I think that, that element Maybe. of
0: the film, Han Wings, 2 kind
1: of doesn't really carry around by the end. It's kind of hard to tell the elements that a soldier carries with them. I think is intended as a part of a theme of this movie. Um, but it's hard it, it, keeping track of like what they have on them and what this means to them, and like that—that's something I kind of focused on. I am not necessarily sure if it was like a core, the core element of this film, but it was like present enough to where I was wondering if it was going to come around at the end in like a meaningful way but it kind of doesn't except for the mementos end up being the point of conflict between jack and david um that pushes them apart on uh, by the end but then it's also kind of the war that pushes them uh, apart when they're actually in the sky they like they it's not that they weren't but it's also the war that brings them it's the, the war brings
3: them together because that's so there's there's they obviously don't really this whole like misunder- thing. No. at the beginning but of the There's the this movie. whole misunderstanding yeah. surrounding who does Sylvia actually like. Jack thinks that Sylvia well, it's, likes it's him. It's a
1: misunderstanding yeah. from one person.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone else is <laughs> pretty Jack clear. Jack thinks on it. <laughs> that Sylvia likes him because she acts she like out of like awkwardness gave him the locket that was meant for David. Yeah. And David thinks that Sylvia did give it to Jack. And that's why he's uh, all like flustered about it. Or no, he doesn't know that Jack has the that has the thing. That's it. No,
1: but then he finds out, and then he immediately also finds out that he did. She didn't mean to give it to Jack. So that yep. conflict is never really that big of a thing until then. He wants the locket for himself, uh, and then that's what drives them apart. But then they immediately go in the air. Well, yeah, and and, and my
3: thing really is here that I think the film puts emphasis on like. These guys, you know, they didn't like each other, but through the bonds of war, you know, the toils of war, they come together and they understand They're beating each other
1: that... to a crazy pulp with the fastest punches yes. I've ever seen a man do. <laughs> yes,
3: they 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 overcome those you know those silly differences and they are bonded together by the by the toils of war. Blood is thicker than water and all of that good stuff.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And it is. And it is. I think it is the war that drives them apart as well i mean literally the war is what if we're taking the film's explanation for it the war is what has them kill each other separates
3: them yes um
0: and but i think though that the the, the relationship the love rhombus if we're continuing with that is kind of the initial wedge what's well, wrong with trapezoid that's funnier rhombus when do you get rhombus to use is, that is, word is more doctor? specifically though how many rhombus times in the last six months have you said rhombus I think the trapezoid even has
2: less. more sides than a trapezoid. No, they, it doesn't! Clear. They both have They four. Have the same! There's four, there's four characters in this, love well, rhombus. Where does the parallelogram come into this?
0: They're all... That's the They're, same shape! Parallelogram is We it's gotta rhombus. move on. We gotta move on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I no, think, it's not. Wait. I think if we to kind of put a bow on, on the whole character... A if we, can, if we can put a sort of bow on the whole character point, it's just sort of confused, I think, ultimately... And the the division of screen time is odd in that we do spend a lot of time with the characters, but I don't think we spend a lot of time in ways that really progress these ideas we're talking about. And so we sort of have this basket of things that the film is maybe trying to interrogate through the lens of our main characters, and then it just, at some point, like, dumps the basket over its shoulder and and starts putting new ideas in there. Yeah. And so where we end is interesting on a plot level. I just don't think it really connects what i'm hoping it was going to kind of on, on a character or a thematic level but i do think tucker you're right the performances are cr- quite excellent and ultimately clara Bow's performance
0: i want to just single yeah. out here she shows up on screen and my god i can i can hear her thoughts in my own head through through the way that her <laughs> eyes act like she, it was so she performs that that opening scene between her and uh what's it, jack jack it's a normal mm-hmm. name. Why can't I remember Pretty it? Pretty
1: simple white guy
0: name, yeah. Yeah. I, one thing I noticed is that all the names in this movie have really identifiable mouth shapes. Jack, Mary, Sylvia. Oh, like, you could just read sure, the sure. lips very easily for all the different character names. Mm-hmm. But in that first scene between Mary and Jack, I mean, it's like, boom, I know Mary. I I, I see what she's about. I can see everything. And, and the way that Jack played off her was, you know, made sense for the scene. But I was really, throughout the movie, focused on... Mary, as uh, I think she probably takes home my favorite performer in this film. I, I mean, feel absolutely. like she just really just shines. I on the was
3: screen. like, I I think I actively went, oh yeah, when she popped up back on screen when she's driving the ambulance. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in in the war, I'm like, oh she, yes, she's back. And then so I didn't anticipate. I thought that we wouldn't see her again until we went back like for leave or something mm-hmm. like that. But she's she's in the action with our with Clearly our two you didn't heroes. not look at the poster
1: then. Yeah, or she's wearing a World War One war oh, uniform. I didn't and look too she's... close. <laughs> I didn't look too closely <laughs> at the poster. No, okay. I, I didn't want
0: to be spoilers. It really sucks though that Mary's character arc L. also ends up in a similarly disappointing space in the middle yeah. when after our bubble sequence, which she plays very heavily in, and I wanna yes. we'll talk more about the bubbles because that's funny. And um, mm-hmm. well, it goes on too long, is what my analysis of it is. But uh she gets kicked out of the motors carriage division or whatever the hell she's mm-hmm. purchased. And then we, she just get, disappears. And, you know, she's ba- gone. She she got fired. Well, she's forced to go back to the States very
1: specifically, which mm-hmm. is why she's no longer present in the last act of the film, which yeah. is a dogfight, is the entire last act of the film. Yes. And I think that is, uh, I think it's weirdly g- kind of good, but mostly a negative for me, the fact that she's not present, because I think that if she had been another force for us to resonate with on the ground and maybe she's trying to save some people, and she just feels like a more present force there. I think that would have lent her a little more of a heroic edge at the end, which I think mm -hmm. it felt like she was sort of leading to as she was Mm -hmm. becoming more and more um, involved in the military and and helping people, like helping the guy up as she accidentally hit him or whatever. That was the whole thing. Um, But what she ends up doing is, instead of trying to explain the awkward situation that she was in, she takes her subservient role as a woman and lets jack have his moment of heroism and not get kicked out and then takes the takes the L for the team and mm-hmm. it gets kicked out of the military and that is a very like misogynistic 1920s kind of look yeah. at that but i think that what the what the characters were sort of leading
0: up to at that point, I felt like she was She's, missing for that last. She, act. I mean, it makes she, sense on a plot level. But she is like, yeah, yeah, She's a rebel. She she pushes back against stuff, and it seems to me like there would have been the perfect opportunity. It's a pre code movie, for God's sakes. You can kind of be salacious. Yeah, they are in multiple ways in mm-hmm, this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the the stocking shots. Many many times you get to see the woman put on her stockings all the way and hubba hubba. Well, you see, you, there's male and female nudity in this film. Yeah, yeah. I
3: yeah, saw a couple asses was, in the
0: door. Remember the door? There was a yeah, I do remember that. I thought, I which thought I was, myself, very,
3: I was ass shot. <laughs> I was very surprised by, it, but just well, yeah, that. you were but, you so know, surprised.
1: This, that's what ex- I said. That, there's a bunch of butts, and you were like, "No, there's not." I'm like, and then they opened up the door, and I'm like, "There's a bunch of butts there." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, that's the that's the
3: appeal of these sort of uh, these pre-code uh, uh, films, In um, this one. I feel like, you know, I, I I feel like bad comparing this to All Quiet on the Western Front so much, the 1931. Hard um, not to, man.
0: Three years apart, same subject matter.
3: Exactly, yeah. um But I feel like that one uses a lot of its, like, pre-code sort of uh, sensibilities and freedoms to highlight the violence. Whereas yeah. this one, you know, doesn't do that as much. I mean, we do see, get the, we see some people get... Hit by bullets or whatever, which basically just means they have like a blood packet in their hand that they kind of like squeeze against their forehead and pretend to get shot. Uh, and yeah. like we see like a trickle of blood come down. But there's nothing like the like the thing that has stayed in my head. Obviously, about all quad in the Western front. The hands grabbing onto the barbed wire. There's nothing like that in this film. Me on the
1: monkey
0: bars in kindergarten. Me holding yeah. the boob exactly. hole every day on set.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um... Yeah,
3: but I I, I do want to say uh, of Clara Bow, because I think she is the performance that we all gravitated towards uh, in this film, that she is obviously fantastic. And I do have trivia about uh, her in this film as well, because she was the casting that the, the studio was really excited about. She was the biggest star at this point. She's uh, one and- of the
1: biggest movie stars of the 20s. She was Hollywood's yeah. it girl. She was the it girl. Yeah, And that was, I mean, Clara Bow is one of the biggest names in Hollywood. And so she they, they put her in this
3: uh but a, in reference to her military time and her time in the in in the uniform in this film she was <laughs> she was apparently not a fan of uh, the uniform that she had to wear in this because it didn't show off her curves enough. Now I don't know if that's a Clara bow thing or if that's like a uh, big wig 1920s studio executive is like ah this dame's we don't see her curves. we got to get this costume department figured out here. We gotta get that waistline um, drawn in. I don't know if that was, you know, switched up in a in the years and years of miscommunication to be like Clara Bow said that actually, but that is what the that is what the 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 trivia is. But yeah,
0: mm-hmm. to, to to Abram, to you've been trying bow, to you've been trying yeah. to speak uh, speak okay. Abram
2: to to use the same phrase yeah. again. Uh huh. I think when it comes to the third act, Tucker, you make a really interesting point about her absence and the fact that it is largely a dogfight. I think that's part of why, by the end, I was very, very drowsy. And every time I'd sort of blink out from it and blink back in, it would be largely in the same place, so I felt like I didn't really need to rewind ever. I, I, to your point, Timo, and it is just a symptom of the time, but the sort of rote detail that we go into and the amount of elapsed time in a lot of these sequences, I think is sort of what throws up this this barrier for me between my viewing and me really resonating with one of these sequences, because... Again, th- that dogfight is so sad at the end as we as mm-hmm. we have more information than our characters and we know what's actually going on. That's a great sequence. It's a great sequence, but could we not get through it a little bit faster? And, and I that's think just that's fun. just sort of my overarching criticism of Wings on the whole. Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually that's mm-hmm.
1: something that we sort of um, comment on in a lot of the longer movies that we reviewed on Quest. Of course, this is nowhere near the longest, that we reviewed, no. but I think that for the time, especially you know, it's it's one of the longer movies of of the twenties. People at that time were used to shorter comedy films. Were the bread and butter, or shorter romance films were the bread and butter of that. So when you get an epic like Wings, or continuing forward, other epics that dominated in the fifties and sixties, and *Lords of Arabia* and then *Braveheart* and and, and, and *Her* and, her, yeah. and like, these these come up over and over again. They the spectacle is their focus, and I've had a hard yeah. time on like an internal subjective level, weighing the pros and cons of I don't prefer longer movies and spectacle is not the main thing that I personally go to for my favorite films. But I recognize that the strengths are where they lie and they want to use those strengths best they can. And I think for me, this film is the one that 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 uh element of it was fine the most with me uh, because this is like one of the first epic war movies. I mean, it's it's significantly longer, I think, than uh than Al Quiet Western Front, um, which came out just a few later, few years later. Um, I think it's probably it's probably twenty thirty thirty minutes longer. Mm. Um, I really felt that the tension in those sequences, while I did felt they drag, were very earned in this film through its length, portraying the repetition of going on these kind of dogfight aerial missions of waking up and running to your plane and uh, us seeing sort of the similar sequence of them loading up the plane, spinning the propeller, waiting for the guys to like run off the field, flying up into the air. There's so much repetition in this that I actually felt it was a a very intentional element of the film that gave it the war edge that simultaneously is propagandistic in that it looks very visually impressive and we've got these two sort of hometown American boys fighting in the, the big war. But also at the same time, the the toll that it takes on these guys which is why i think i would actually push a little bit back on it being like aggressively propagandistic because i do think there is an anti-war edge to it of the way that one of our main characters is killed through the confusion Mm -hmm. of war and we see um we see jack go home and just be like completely frazzled by everything he's been through and there's multiple moments throughout the film in the intertitles that it's like all these boys have seen some crazy shit, and they're well, just trying yeah. to forget it. Yeah, and and for me that more resonated with war being a complicated thing that takes a negative pull mostly on everyone involved,
0: um, rather than a hoorah kind of uh, propaganda. Yeah. So well, yeah, here, it's, I mean, Tanner and I are going to say the same thing. I feel like go ahead. I think Tanner. so. Um. But yeah i mean that that's the case with
3: any war film that we've talked about for quest of the bestest there's no there's been no war film that's like war is fucking awesome, dude war is point. all about we mostly yeah.
1: get anti war movies when we're talking about war movies but on quest. even <laughs> the
3: the propagandistic elements that are present in all of those films are the glorifying imagery, and there is lots sure, of that here. Yeah. And as a, I think we should talk about, I think you know, it's the,
0: gloriously glorified in this film.
3: It is gloriously glorifying because I love the, the aerial shots. They here. the oh aerial work it's so is beautiful. fantastic. It's so we cool. are talking about 1927 Top
0: Gun Maverick here. Ladies I and Literally, gentlemen. this is how I describe this movie to people. Yes. I'm like, it, they have the sequence. God.
1: They have the sequence where he's crouching by the side of the enemy runway. you yeah. And out ready to yes. run across steel plate. Yes. And I'm like, yes, I've seen this before. I've, but seen, this I've seen, before. seen it. I've seen it uh, in an undisclosed uh, mm-hmm. country uh, that we can't uh,
0: talk well, about. At, you know. at, least, at least this time we're, we're defeating the dumb, stupid Germans. Yeah,
3: yeah, 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 I, I get, uh, yeah sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the imagery here is just fantastic. I mean what i really latched on to here and i latched onto it while watching the film and then in doing uh trivia research for this i found that it was a uh distinct choice from william wellman correct william Mm -hmm. a wellman Mm -hmm. um clouds clouds are the key that unlock the perfect the just the scale of the and the scale and the movement of our aerial movement here as he pointed out you need the clouds if you don't have the clouds in these aerial shots it's just little flies buzzing back and forth around each other but you put it on a backdrop of the clouds and suddenly we have a sense of scale we have a sense of height we have a sense of movement we have we have all of these things that are grounded in this world above what any any human being can really interact with and it's the first time that these guys are doing this this first war to use aerial combat they're in these dinky little planes and they haven't even probably invented the first time the cool that anyone's yet. seeing this movie yeah,
1: probably the first time anyone seeing this movie has seen above the clouds. <laughs> yeah,
3: and just the the usage of these giant billowing giant white clouds that they use uh, are really fantastic. I I I just can't like sing the praises of this enough because that is like the thing that gives it all meaning mm-hmm. textually and like in your mind, understanding what images you're looking at.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it really helps that those little flies that are buzzing around, you can tell what mm-hmm. they're doing, the, the planes, and they are making daring, awesome maneuvers. Because even when a plane is, like, crashing, they're, the, the guy who's flying it, the plane is not actually crashing. But it looks well, like it is. Well, oh, do you have trivia? Uh, I'd have some trivia gonna, about Because I was going to be like, wow, it's so amazing that these pilots are like making the planes look like it's all failing and there's all the smoke coming out of them. Are you about to tell me that they actually were shooting at each other up there?
3: Well, um, they weren't actually shooting at each other, but uh, I'll get to the uh, the real world dangers of filming this film in a moment. But I want to hear from, from Abram and Tucker about the about the filming of this stuff and the the, the aerial combat.
2: Yeah, I mean... Tanner, you've done a really nice job talking about the shots as they look out onto the sky. I want to talk mm-hmm. about the shots as they look back out onto the ground. Sure. Yeah. Because to me, yeah. that's the aerial photography that really cements how impressive this film is. I think the sequence that has stuck with me the most um, is, when, is the big German bomber coming over to bomb the town. And yeah,
0: yeah, they dropped the bombs. <laughs> mm. Oh they my
1: god, the bombs. You,
2: yeah, I, I forgot about that
0: shot.
1: Holy yeah, shit. And, that's and the cool. fucking church steeple falls yep. off and crushes a car. And we're like, oh my god, I can't believe Mary's they did that. There.
2: It, it's over there. It's brilliantly tense because of where our characters are placed in the scene. And because we see all of the soldiers run into a building that gets fucking obliterated. So yes. we, there's this sense in the audience's gut that maybe Mary is in trouble. So I think that the editing and blocking of that sequence is very, very smart. But I also just think that this sense of spectacle that you're talking about, Tanner, is so clear when shit's just blowing up and yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that it actually is blowing up and you're looking at these incredible shots from above from the perspective of the, of the German bomber Then we're back down the ground, we're back up in the sky, we're, we're over here, we're over there, people are dying, there's, there's and, this chaos everywhere. Well, you know it's, what's happening all the time. It's very clear, it's it's very beautifully framed, and there's a really elegant harmony between the editing and cinematography in that sequence, which is really emblematic to me of how and where the film works just across his entire runtime.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the cinematography in terms of camera movement and framing, I think, is really what makes this saying. I think one of my problems with Top Gun, Tony Scott's Top Gun, mm. is that I found the aerial fights and, and choreography and stuff to be a little bit confusing. The, the larger, or not larger cameras, I guess, cameras were been a lot bigger and clumsier back in the fucking 20s, yes. um, but the cameras and, and whatever techniques they were using for Top Gun uh, when Tony Scott made it, that didn't capture a an elegance that I think that the cinematography uh, and framing of this film have that, I've never really seen another uh, aerial-based movie try to recapture that. I think that the way that we're getting really interesting framing of the plane's tail, uh framed by billowing clouds in the background, or gentle uh camera movements as we're following um mm-hmm. two guys doing a crazy dogfight, but the camera's not jerking around. It's sort of following them lazily and like maybe like even like tracking a little bit after them. I found that to be a really different kind of affecting cinematography that I think is also matched when we're on the ground i think that the of course it's not as as epic and magnificent as the aerial photography but i think that this film isn't except for that one
0: shot that we all know about in the bar
1: yes true yeah yeah no of course but what what i'm saying is that a, a lot of films where they have this kind of spectacle you expect the impressive cinematography to be done in the out, out in the moments of spectacle, but I do think that this film does a really good job at keeping its cinematography and camera movement mm-hmm. very unique and impactful, and really modern and forward thinking and dynamic. Yeah. When we're on the ground, of course, there's the iconic shot of pushing through the a crowd of people as uh, we were trying to find Jack in this bar, and you're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they dolly zoomed between all these people and yes. over the over the tables, and it just there's a lot of interesting." camera movement, and one of the framing moments that, two framing moments that really stick out to me near the end, is uh, this moment of both great um, filmmaking framing-wise and editing um, when David is about to die and we are intercut with a totally random, but I think very powerful shot of the propeller of a plane framed by thousands of white crosses Mm -hmm. and gravestones going backwards, and it's a two-second shot that's disconnected from the rest of the film, but it is a stunning piece of imagery the framing the block the 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 placement of the plane and these uh, these um crosses like going all the way up to the sky there's not very much horizon in the background because they're just filling up the entire frame that is the kind of thing that i think this movie really excels at is not only impressive forward thinking oh my god i can't believe they did this in the fucking 20s with like actually just biplanes and cameras like mounted onto the fucking wings Mm -hmm. i can't believe they did that but i can't believe they did stuff on the ground too i mean there's there's really weird shots, like he's right. Uh, Jack is riding in a float, and the camera's like down by his legs, like looking mm-hmm. up at him. Like, no one's doing stuff like this in yeah. the 20s. Like, even some of the best cinematography is usually like large scale fake sets, or you know, you know, like like, like Cleopatra, or Metropolis, or stuff like that. This is an intimate and and dynamic mm-hmm. form of cinematography that is like incredibly inventive, mm-hmm. and no, yeah. I really, really. The guy's name I think is Harry Perry. That did the uh, mm-hmm. the um, cinematography of this, and Jesus
0: Christ, what a guy! Yeah, Tanner. Before uh, you before you tell us how it's really done, I just want to note one okay. more example that doesn't relate to aerial photography, but it is it's it's towards the, it's in the third act, um, and we. It's just the most massive wide shot of a World War One battle scene that I've ever see- seen. Like
1: like all the trenches, like spider webbing across. It the frame, looks yeah.
0: like it's got to be a square mile. It's got to be. Yeah. It's bigger than we ever see in All Quiet on the Western Front. It's bigger than we even though we don't even though in 1917, we moved through probably more distance. We don't ever get that gigantic top down look. And we, this is the only time I've ever seen that shot it blew me away there's tanks driving in it there's explosions there's like a thousand little tiny ant people running around on this thing and it's from so Those are humans actually. Uh, well, um I didn't know that. Um <laughs> it's awesome. I'm like, "Oh my god, they Man, you just couldn't do it like that. You couldn't do it like that in the 50s. They wouldn't let you. They'd be like, "Make it smaller." And then in and then and then in the 90s they'd be like, "Do it with a computer." And now, you know what? <laughs> do it with the AI. Like that's going to how you can't do it like that anymore. And it saddens me. Yeah. But it's yep. awesome in this movie. Okay. So I, I so Timo, you mm-hmm. want to know
3: how it was done? How was it done, Tenor?
0: <laughs> all right.
3: Well, I'll tell you how <laughs> it was done. How was it made, Tenor? How was it made? Okay, so uh we all know that in Top Gun Maverick, you know, we all lost our minds when we reviewed that movie. He's like, oh the cameras were in the cockpit with them. Oh my god. And Joseph Kaczynski, he was on the ground, he was looking at it because of the transmitters and whatnot. Nah. That's, 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 that's nothing compared to what our actors had to do in Wings. So while they were up in the air, by the way, um, the actor for David, whose name is Richard Arlen, had flying experience going into this film. Charles Rogers did not, who plays Jack. So, uh, so th- there's that, but they had to learn how to fly. He had to learn, Charles Rogers had to, what did I say? Yeah, Charles, yeah, yeah, Charles, Charles Rogers, Rogers had to learn, learn and Richard had to learn Al, how to Arlen fly, probably had
0: to brush up on it.
3: yeah. Uh, so while they were up in the air, they had to shoot the scenes, shoot the scenes, fly the camera, and act all at the same time. They were up; they were the ones up there controlling the camera as they were flying the plane. <laughs> so they had to fucking frame these shots of like the plane, the the enemy planes coming up behind them and everything, while trying not to die and also acting as though they were in World War One. So probably pretty easy to God. look like you're.
1: Panicked and like freaked out when uh Mm -hmm. you're actually your life is incredibly in danger.
3: (laughs) Yes, Jesus. Yes. So there's that. Oh, so and and, um, there was a flight instructor with Rogers during the early during you know while he was getting the reins of having to Mm -hmm. do all three of these things at once. Obviously, uh, they also mounted it on like the I don't know plane terminology, like the engine part, the the part the part right up front and pointed backwards. Uh, that's where they mounted the cameras, but yeah the hood under the hood uh so in terms of how many people were injured in the making of this film um not not as many as you
0: would think i was gonna be like in the the hundreds i would probably say given all those giant extra scenes
3: yeah i think there was somewhere in the ballpark of 3500 extras uh used in this film uh and only two well one got injured and one died and i'll I'll get into the only one person died
0: while making this movie yeah well, it's uh, better than the, better than some modern films. I'll give him that. Yes,
3: yes. Um, so, Timo, to your to your point of how do they make it look like the planes were crashing? Well, uh, one of the injuries was veteran stunt pilot Dick Grace. His plane was cra- his plane was supposed to be crashing and was tur- supposed to turn completely over, but it only turned over partly. So apparently, the plan there was that his plane would turn over completely, and he would just be like thrown
0: clear of the crash like that's just like what the plan was that's, oh, oh was, okay so we're crashing we're like crashing a plane into the ground
3: yes the plan was for him to be thrown from the wreckage okay and that's the plan that didn't go right <laughs> <laughs> that is that is insane to me that Willie Wellman or stunt performance of the time was just like yeah just crash it and you'll be like thrown away probably and be fine fine um, so yeah obviously he was he was not thrown clear um and he broke his neck but it didn't die ah,
2: uh, but he was actually injury.
3: he was actually back filming six weeks later so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um the other the person who died actually was a uh, one of the army extras they enlisted a bunch of National Guard people to help film this thing um and what yeah one of them
0: died doing a stunt God, uh, and okay. William picture this yeah, go, you're a national Guardsman. You've been through basic. At this time, you might have even been in the war. And you die on a fucking movie set playing a soldier. Mm-hmm. Good God, how humiliating must that have been for that poor yeah, soul. Yeah, he's dead. I don't think he cares. Well, yeah.
1: Um,
3: but also, William Willman thought that his production would get shut down because that guy died. But the army was like, Oh, no, it was his fault, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry about <laughs> <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> uh, Good job.
1: Well, I do think that the... The practicality of these of these stunts um, actually I think does lend it a real sense of violence that I was really surprised at here. We don't get the um, like sort of gory imagery that we see in All Quiet of the Western Front. Yeah, but I yeah. think the consistency a- and scale of the violence here is really impressive. The There's multiple shots that I think really stick out to me as, as, an, as incredibly violent for a 20s film. Uh, a guy getting crushed underneath yes, a thing by a yes. tank. Um, uh I, I, there's there's a lot of people getting shot as that a plane is like coming right above their heads, mm-hmm. and that the blocking of that with like dogfight going on in the background, people on the ground, and a plane coming right by the camera as someone has to like fall over and like you know explosions are happening in the background because we're trying to make it look like bullets were raining down. I think those add a sense of of realism to this that. A lot of films we've seen since can recapture because they're they can show like bullet holes and people and and have more um, realistic and large scale explosions. But for a 20s film, this is easily the most impressive um, war violence that I've that I've seen from any film of this era. And, and I think for me, because of its scope, even more impressive than *Alfred mm, uh, the Western
2: Front*. Mm. I mean, when, when you're making a silent film and you have to centralize action, you sort of hone in on what that action means. Especially when you get, like, I I think in the moment when we get an inner title sort of framing this idea that Jack is crossing German lines specifically to get revenge for what he believes at that point in the the narrative is David's death. Because David has already been shot down. And we get these shots of him just sort of coming over these German soldiers just marching across a bridge Mm -hmm. and just mowing them down and making passes at them. And and I think that the the simple... That's not very nice. i think that the 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 simple confines and necessities of this sort of filmmaking puts those actions more in the foreground than they might be in in later films i think that's quite interesting
0: yeah well for those shots in that sequence the you know we see him gun the people down and then we get this front on in the cockpit shot where he's like laughing maniacally and he's got his like sociopath vibe on and it's like Man, he's like fucked up because of this. they all been there. Like, ah, ha, ha, ha. He's like, ah, like he's like, you know, looks really crazy. And mm-hmm. that is the cut that really like married these elements of of like the, the violence and the war really affecting our characters because I I hadn't really felt it elsewhere in the movie, but when Jack <laughs> is like going, he like looks visibly crazed because of all the killing he does. And then mm-hmm. you know, it, it it pays off when he sees, um. What David in the in the plane in the German plane, and he's like must kill German, and he kills his friend mm-hmm. like that. There's the planning and payoff that makes that thing work. But I you agree, know. Abram. Those it really just sells it and it makes it harrowing. Yeah,
3: yeah. We want to talk about bubbles. Yeah, bubbles. bubbles. Okay. Uh, bubble sequence is fun. Uh, gives us an important meeting of uh Mary and Jack again even though that jack doesn't know what's happening as the scene is unfolding um and so he doesn't get a lot to do there in terms of character and acting I mean, he, he gets to act drunk as all get out you know he is like being cartoonishly over the top with being like oh bubbles just bubbles kind of out of my fucking fingertips da, 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 da. um but it really is clara bow's time to shine i think in that scene she goes through like like ups and downs of you know, she goes through it's so over we're so back a number of times yeah. in that yes. in that scene <laughs> um and i think she is for as much as I, jo- I just joked there she is really great in projecting all of those emotions across her face
1: mm-hmm. yeah I-, I like that sequence because it feels out of place but i think it's really interesting i mean this film actually does have quite a sense of humor about itself um, mm-hmm. in the not war sequences when they are trying to have a little bit of fun, there's a lot of of comedic energy to these characters. Of course, the um, meet cute at the well meet cute at the beginning, um, mm-hmm. quote unquote, between Jack and Mary is kind of just a romantic scene with a little bit of slapstick, and you know they're playing it for laughs. You know, looking at this this kind of funny mismatched couple. Um, and there and there's I think a few more moments of that throughout as this love trapezoid, not rhombus. Um, sort of Probably continues great. to unfurl and we get we get moments of tension, but played for laughs comedic tension. It isn't until um, the, the Jack and David sort of find out each other's sequence and are, are are pushed away from each other right before the final action sequence that any of the romance stuff ends up becoming tense. Um, but I think each of these moments of levity bring a lot of personality to the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. I also think of this one shot of right, right when they're preparing for the final battle. Uh, Jack is, like, laying on a table with, like, his arms like this, and he's, like, just, like, kind of ready and energetic and, like, ready to get back in the war. Um, And the bubble sequence, I think, is the perfect example of this because it shows the the comedic edge of this film that I think does work because this is an era known for light romance and light Mm -hmm. comedy, a little bit of slapstick, situational humor, um, and the visual creativity of incorporating really well-done bubbles into Mm -hmm. these sequences just feels so creative and, and I think does put this film a step above in terms of feeling unique because even though it is out of place, I'm very happy it's in there because it gives me something to latch onto. of this is how he's dealing with A, his fame and B, the, the horrors of war that he's sort of pushing down and, uh, and, and he's gotten so drunk that he's seeing bubbles everywhere and not only or bubbles coming out of the glass, which is funny when you see it at first, oh, that's kind of creative, but then Mm -hmm. it's coming out of the trombone, and giant ones are coming out of the sousaphone, and then Mm -hmm. he's shaking it out of people as he's shaking them, and he gets really obsessed with the the knob on the bed frame at the end. It's like, what the hell is going on? But Mm -hmm. I really loved that sequence, and maybe some of the beginning went on a little long, but in the end, I think it's absolutely worth it for all the
2: energy and visual creativity and a little bit of character work that it does for our characters. There's also the... Interesting camera move that I really like. When, when Mary is trying to get Jack to identify her, mm-hmm. and we're doing this thing where we're kind of we're, we're like wobbling the camera yeah. and racking focus in a way mm-hmm. that makes her somewhat obscure, somewhat clear, and we're moving. A man ate a
1: pufferfish in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: and and I I found that motion of the camera Our to be quite audience interesting. Is not going to understand that joke, Tucker. I don't even understand that joke. Me neither. So don't worry, fifty year old audience. A problem, guys. That's I also right. want to just shout out uh <laughs> the, the 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 bit character of our Dutch friend. Yo, Spimp! The... Oh, I love Spimp! Boom, 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 boom.
1: See, that's the kind of comedic edge that I exactly. really like yeah, in yeah, this movie. Yeah. That's a recurring bit. And it's it's funnier each time,
3: to be that, honest.
0: That, Schmimp is propaganda that works really well because you'll love this guy because he defies his stereotype and he, he you know, he, he's always like, I'm more American than
2: you. I'm going to fight harder than you are, even though you think uh-huh. I'm a nasty kraut, you know. I also, uh, when he, when the drill sergeant is instructing them on how to fight mm-hmm. and he keeps beating the shit out of this guy. Yes. But but there's this is he's always there's this great moment after every hit where he stumbles around a little bit or he'll fall mm-hmm. and get back up. And then the drill sergeant hits him with a one two or he hits him first in front and he staggers for a second. And then he comes around from behind and hits him in the back of the head and he just goes out of frame. No, I, oh, I,
3: no, because he doesn't hit him that first time. He, no, he doesn't hit uh, him. The Schwimp, first time. Schwimp is able to like dodge oh, well, it, does. and he's like, he does looks at he, he right. he's like, oh yeah, I did it, and then he comes back around to the side of the head. Right. Um. But no, yeah, I do. I love. I love Schwimp just because we do get that the classic like. He's not even flexing with his like stars it's so and stripes so dude. Dude. Every single. It's like <laughs> jiggling his arm. Yeah. Um. Very funny, and yeah, I think that you know it's it is this confluence of uh like sort of these 1920 film, these early Hollywood sensibilities, as Tucker I was talking about, the slapstick, the comedy, the light romance, and stuff like that, that really endears me to this film, even if I can, even if I do admit that, like, yeah, some of the dog fighting stuff, can go on for a little bit long, but I'm okay with that, in the name of, capturing this incredible spectacle, for the time, and frankly for today, you know, because yeah. of the practicality oh, yeah. of it all, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine, you know, with, Getting that stuff and being like, "Oh, this is going on a little bit too long for my good," just because I have a, a modern modernity poisoned brain where I need a, a cut a cut every two seconds or whatever. Wing, would this uh, be
1: better with Subway Surfers in the corner?
0: There's only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the downloaded version. Yeah, you can you can um, make that. Uh,
1: another element uh, that I think is really interesting is that we've got a very famous actor in this movie. Yeah, mm, yeah, we, we mentioned uh, it earlier. Gary yeah. Cooper plays a bit part. In this film. Cadet White. uh, Yeah, as as kind of their, like, first Uh, partner that they have to, like, sort of meet up with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he also has has two character traits. He doesn't bring any, like, lucky trinkets into battle, which is the exact opposite of our two main characters. And Mm -hmm. uh, is presumed that that that's why he dies immediately. Um, But he also likes chocolate. Uh, And he likes, uh, specifically, Hershey's brand chocolate. Uh, Yes. Very, very weird 1927 product placement focus mm-hmm. on the candy wrapper. Um, and I think all of that is, I, I think that actually might be like one of the weirdest things in the movie is interest this character, kill him off, have no impact of that. Like no, they don't really, don't like really do about think it because they haven't known him I think uh, it's just
3: like an early plant of like the seriousness and the weight of the situation that, because he, I, the, the read I got from Gary Cooper's Cadet White is that he is like He's like a hot shot kind of guy. Like mm-hmm. he's seen some action. He's like, hey, I'm gonna go fly some figure eights. Uh, see, see you losers later. I don't need no, <laughs> no lucky trinket. I'm all right with me. Yeah. And then he gets out and dies immediately. He's got real. Um, this is gonna be a maybe, maybe a deep cut, but not too deep. He's got real. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock in the other guy's energy. Where they are like the two hotshot cops that you get introduced to, like for the first fifteen minutes of that movie, and then they do like a sweet jump off a building and just splatter on the concrete, is that they're they're totally badass characters who die immediately for pe- for some sort of payoff. Hmm. There it's oh. comedic. Here,
0: it's it's not as clear what it's supposed to be, but I, I think do it's think it's supposed to be a very plot. Like, it's plot in this movie because yeah. um, oh, two cadets crashed into each other. Oh, we've got two more spots open. Main characters, you're uh, in. Oh yeah, there Let's you see. go. Yeah, sure. potentially yeah, for sure. That's I mean I I saw it as like you know the the trinket all that stuff, but then like the actual outcome of it is that now our main characters are have are given the chance to fly. Yeah. And maybe yeah. what we good take point.
1: away is don't do product placement or you'll die immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a, you know the product placement as well. How do you like the product placement earlier in the movie where it's like w- w- women needed to drive cars in Europe, preferred Ford drivers. If you know how to yeah, drive that's a right, Ford, oh, it would, would be much that. better.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, Tucker, why did, did is it prefer- different? Did you prefer the Hershey's product placement in Wings or the Skittles product placement in the Shazam 2? Tucker well, mentioned Shazam 2 when that moment popped up.
1: Yeah, I was like, this is the 20s version of... Say- I mean, luckily, they don't say Hershey's. Well, it's they not, can't say you know, the anything. the only way we can beat the Germans.
0: <laughs>
1: a little, a nice bite of Hershey's chocolate.
0: Eden yeah. Hershey Pennsylvania
1: if Dave, if David F Sandberg was was directing wings he probably would have done that
3: but <laughs> mm-hmm. you know taste a, well, taste the rainbow or cool, the same whatever. there's like in a beautifully
0: more. decorated like title card that says like mm, Hershey's so good and it's got like an, a like a sort of <laughs> opaque like floating chocolate bar in the background <laughs>
3: Yep. <laughs> Um one final bit of thing because I do I, I, my my big thing here is as I said at the beginning the di- directorial hand uh, we mentioned it with the aerial photography but we also mentioned it with the, you know the push in shot that everyone knows from the bar um interesting thing that I found in the trivia is that Wellman is like not a was not a fan of camera movement after he made this film mm. which is interesting cuz he's like so we, we rigged up this whole, like, boom system that n- had never really been done before to, like, do a tracking shot through the bar of, like, it hung over all the actors and we pushed down the tables and everything like that. Um... And then later, he's like, yeah, we did that, and everyone thought it was cool, so everyone started doing camera movements with booms and stuff like that, and then me and my buddy were like, Oh, we don't like camera movement anymore. It's it's played out, it's done, it makes it makes me dizzy, you know, it gets you disoriented, and you're focusing on the movement instead of what's actually in the frame. So, hmm. he just, like, he just like <laughs> innovated, <laughs> then he's like, actually, it sucks when everyone else does it.
1: <laughs> That's really interesting.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, Abram, you got something to say?
2: Well, all I was going to say is if we're if we're getting our score sheet pulled up, maybe Tanner can regale us with some wi- wins of and cons. Of course, well, I, yeah, because I, I laid I, off a little bit because
3: it's contentious. very contentious. Oh well, yes. If, okay, so we got to get it.
0: we got to get into the real meat of the nineteen what twenty eight ceremony. Um oh, well, and the, in, the, in that this is not the only best picture winner from this year that they gave it to two movies.
3: We'll get we'll get to that you know in a moment I think because okay. that will okay. be key in just a moment. But yes, yeah. this film won Best Production, uh, which mm-hmm. was because the Best Picture Oscar was not invented or implemented until the following ceremony. By the way, okay, so quick quick trivia thing, quick little quiz for the Quest Boys here. Um, I may be graduated, Oscar's, but I'll do a quiz. Oscar ceremonies nowadays run you know three and a half hours in that range. How long was the first Oscars ceremony? Cool, sixty minutes.
0: minutes.
3: Sixty uh, minutes says Timo. Twenty minutes says Tucker.
2: I was thinking of the other direction. I was gonna say like five hours. Five hours. i are not gonna be right. Okay. Okay. What, what is it? You gonna lock in five hours, Abram? Yeah,
3: I'll lock it in <laughs> just for fun.
2: Yeah, for sure.
3: It was five minutes. Oh okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was 5 minutes long. They got uh, there. But I was I was overestimating a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know. It was it was mercifully brief, you know. Well, okay. Figured... Okay. When was when was prohibition? Was this during prohibition? Cuz what yes. else is there to do at the Oscars ceremony other than drink? And if you're not allowed Nothing. to do that, just make it go like a ceremony
2: though. I think no. it
1: was just like uh, reading out the list. Yeah, yeah. I, I was if they had the
2: prohibition. I went five hours, because I figured you get everyone in the room, and you're hanging out, you're eating your food, people are coming up, they're going, they're speaking for half an hour if they want to, you're shuffling about. Um, But no, no,
3: except to do uh, wins only, because it was not nominated for anything that it didn't win. It won Best Production that year, as well as, uh, I wrote this down one second, Uh,
0: Best Engineering Effects. Sure, it's
1: got pretty good engineering effects. Yeah.
0: The bubbles, the added-on fire, the fire looks really good. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's just shot beautifully, so, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. And, yes, we'll get into
3: the whole uh, splitting of the winner in a moment. But Let's let's give it a score first. Does anyone
1: have any final thoughts on Wings? I think I really... I didn't need to come around this movie, but I came around it a little more, because I think that what this film stands as, for me, is is technical innovation, first yes. and foremost. It does not do anything out of the ordinary for a film in this time, in terms of its story. It mm-hmm. is a very simple. Two guys learn how to be pilots, and then it doesn't go quite too well for them, but it kind of goes kind of well for them, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But... Well, for one of them. <laughs> sure, yes. Um, but I think that carried by three very strong performances, we, we yes. zeroed out on Clara Bow, but I think that... um. Oh God, uh, uh, Charles Rogers as Jack Powell. I actually really, really liked him. I think that yeah. he visually is not ex- at all what you expect from like a Hollywood actor. He kind of just looks like a normal guy I could like see out on the streets. Um, and I, I really like to give him sort of he gave like, gave him an actual hometown boy quality that I don't think mm-hmm. I really ever see in Hollywood movies, especially this time. Because uh, Gary Cooper would be playing this kind of character. Yes, you know, three years later. And, and he just and does like, not have that kind of energy. No, like, That's one of the not, handsomest man I've ever seen in my life. Um
3: but you know, he's really he's you know he's down to earth, he's a real like next door boy kind of guy. He makes me almost want to enlist in the army for some reason. I don't know.
0: <laughs> and that I'm could be me like on there, I think. <laughs> it's like, oh, 1939,
1: I'll sign up. But I think I think that the the strong, strong performances, the really great use of um of silent filmmaking yeah, in terms yeah. of The intertitle is being placed, I think, in really good amounts. I didn't really feel like I was missing too much. That combined with their their visual performances that do shine a lot in um, silent filmmaking and how technically innovative and inventive and forward-thinking this film is, I think this holds up better than most silent films that I've seen. Of course, there are certain outliers, ones that I find a little more interesting um, topic-wise and are a little more inventive Mm story-wise. But this is, I, I think, easily one of the most impressive best picture winners because we've seen a lot of epics but they they wane in quality occasionally for me like yeah okay oh wow that's really impressive you got that crowd going on you built that giant fucking uh arch in Mm ben-hur but uh otherwise for the time i'm like okay i can see how you're able to do this but this is one of the first films that i've seen where like wow like you you did something so incredible that it feels like it came out 70 years later yeah. Or would have been done 70 years later and and for that i mean i'm, I'm giving this a great score i've not typed in my score yet i don't know if it was supposed to i was rambling but for, <laughs> for me it's a really
3: great confluence of like because i i'm frankly really fascinated by like pre-code hollywood production and this oh, yeah. this you know, this takes some, some some swings there as well but it also takes massive swings in terms of you know technical production and engineering and effects and stuff like that yeah, like uh great as, as, engineering effects yeah, engineering effects. I only I one an award for that, but no, it is it is like a really like perfect. Oh, thank you, Abram. is It's a perfect confluence of those things for me because I am just fascinated by this like very early era of Hollywood filmmaking when they were just like, what can we do? What can we do with all of this? What can we put on screen? What topics can we show? You know, how ma- how many butts can we show? How many boobs can we show? Things like that. How many that gay too- kisses can we show? Yeah, I mean, first uh, first same sex kiss on screen. Yeah. Uh, in in a film ever, uh, and they, that, those guys like... are
1: looking at each other. They are caressing each other's mm-hmm. hair. I'm like Jesus. There's some chemistry here. Fuck <laughs> Sylvia and and, uh, and Mary Preston.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Give me Jack. But yeah, I'm 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 just like fascinated by this. And Wings, I think, is a really great example of just like what early Hollywood was capable of and what it could do. And you know what? I know this is this is an, this is an unpopular opinion. I think, but you know. Hayes code pretty bad actually seems <laughs> to have held back the film industry a little bit, um, but because I do find Wings to be a fascinating film, if not with its shortcomings.
0: mm Hmm. I think my final thoughts will be reflected in my score.
1: Have
3: to hit enter.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we go. In three. I'm not giving Tanner a whole lot of time to punch this in. Three. I got, I got, two, I got it. I got it. Then.
1: One. Go. Beep boop, Wow. we are
0: really close and i was correct because this film got an 8.1 the point nice. breakdown is as follows aben gave it a 7.8 tanner gave it an 8 i gave it an 8.1 and tucker gave it an 8.4 oh it's pretty far up there for a it really is. old movie 8.1 yeah. is gonna land us a long ways up the list we've got a bit of a tie here to do um mm. but we are gonna we one of the films we've talked about in this episode, referenced it a couple times, is on the list. So, the docket. We must start at the bottom with "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest." If we mm. think it's better than that, then we move on to "Mrs. Miniver," and if we think it's better than that, we move oh. on to "Ben Hur." All okay, three of those listen. films also have an eight point one. So, what do you guys think? "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest." How can you even go about? We watched that movie so it long is tough. ago. <laughs> This is tough. This one's bad. Because we,
3: because we watched better. it a long time ago, A, and because I really like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, B...
2: Mm-hmm. Uh... Here's what I'll do. Someone you else guys are, You guys are going to be wishy-washy fools about this whole matter. Okay. My score for Wings is higher. Yeah. But I do think that in the case of Wings, the sort of mar- marvel of the film, the marvel it's of the It's the first Marvel movie, really. Yes. Yes. A- as... <laughs> <In> many ways... <laughs> as very early spectacle cinema, is g- goosing my score maybe higher than my enjoyment would be otherwise. That's a fair point. That's a fair and, point. And, and so when I think about Wings, I, I think about it as this amazing and perennial example of of filmmaking, practical mm-hmm. filmmaking. And while I do have significant issues with the structure of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I still think that that is a more interesting Narrative than what we have here in Wings. So, Wings to me is this really shiny historical curio, but I think I'm gonna have to give it to Cuckoo's Nest for holding my interest a lot better than okay. Wings did. Timo, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna agree with
0: Abram. um I think One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest and the other movies. Although I think Mrs. Miniver is not as good as this one, but I do think the other two are. Yeah, better that's than a weird. This. It's a th- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm-hmm. Heart. I mean, Ben is the good comparison, but I I, I It just is think, a good comparison. You know, all those movies actually have soundtracks and actually can do stuff with them beyond, you know, added in sound effects which might or might not have been original. Um I'm just gonna have to put this one on the bottom of these four movies. Below One Flew Over The Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, it seems okay. like that's where it's ending up, unless Tanner really disagrees. Even though
3: no, not- yeah, like I, I could, I could kind of go both ways uh, on this thing because I w- would agree with Abrams' sentiment that, like, yeah, as like a historical achievement of filmmaking and just like the the interest of the whole that I have of this film, mm-hmm. I put it above One Flew Over The Cuckoo's Nest. But I'm if I'm stacking like the elements of the film. So I'm breaking it down into its essential aspects. Character, spectacle, stuff like that, uh, cinematography. I think they are much more equally equally matched. Yeah. But so in in that case, for the sake of not having a tie in our final episode, I will go Wings below One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Your
2: score for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is also a point and a half higher than Wings. That's that is while. true.
3: I, I, I did really enjoy One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The, first, the Well, not the first time I watched it, when I rewatched it for Quest. But, yes, it sounds mm-hmm. like that's where it's going to end up.
0: Okay. Well, then, at spot number 43, Wings, the final movie of the 95 Best Picture winners, as officially declared so by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, is now complete. We have a full list. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's kind of funny. did it. it. Number 48. 8.0 is Unforgiven at 40, what, 46 now or something like that? Um, mm-hmm. Or 44? So nearly half the list got an 8.0 or above.
1: Good. Awesome are great movies.
0: Great. Yeah films
3: great films across the
0: board we' we'll be we will be
3: doing a video like recapping the entire list I think mm-hmm. is the plan yeah is a we watched all the best picture winners kind of deal yeah um so be on local look out for that
2: this can uh, there's gonna be a lot of post-mortem quest yeah there will <laughs> so be. so the list is complete but there's really not a sense of conclusion here because frankly we're gonna We're going to keep, we're going to keep, we're going to ring this thing out for a couple
3: more, couple more videos before we, yeah, we're going to ring this thing out for a couple more videos before we all wrap it up. The next of those videos will likely be a video, uh, an in-depth discussion, a quest discussion on one of the other two. Best Picture Winners. As Timo sort of alluded to earlier, in 1927-1928, that ceremony of the the Academy of, of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences, they awarded Best Artistic Product or Production to F.W. Murnau's Sunrise, mm-hmm. which we will be watching.
0: Yeah. And Sunrise reviewing. is a movie that I've been, in the last couple of days, as I've been telling people that I've watched Wings all the all the kino files in my life coming out of the woodwork to be like oh but you got to watch sunrise oh but okay wings okay sunrise what about sunrise like so Mm -hmm. i'm in i really want to watch sunrise i really want to see it Uh, i've I've been told i've been told stuff that set my expectations so freaking high for this movie it better be great i haven't heard a lot about this film but in doing
3: research for wings i just came across multiple people saying like oh yeah sunrise is just like one of the best films ever made yeah it's just up there with all with the the films of all time
0: i've Um, heard that it's the best silent movie ever made i've also heard that it it, that uh, we'll probably talk about this more but that um, sunrise had its own form of sync soundtrack at an early time Mm -hmm. that they they didn't have dialogue but they could do music sync to the picture Mm -hmm. at at this point so man yeah now, we'll, we'll determine, it won't go on the, the,
3: the master list, the true quest for the bestest list, obviously, because it is not recognized as a best picture winner for whatever arbitrary reason. people Academy kind of retconned this one, man. Yeah, they've decided that Wings yeah. is the best picture, the first best picture winner, but we'll be reviewing and discussing Sunrise nonetheless, and an extra one after that that I want to keep su- a
0: surprise. A little special yeah. secret one for all uh-huh. you really intelligent viewers out there. You'll know which if one If you could guess
3: is. it more power to you, but we won't tell you if you're right or not. No. So until you can write around it, ride it's, ride pretty easy to guess. Yeah, yeah it's so pretty easy. <laughs> oh, okay, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll One set.
1: thing I think we should point out is that we are finished with the core quest for the bestest. So we know what the bestest is. Oh. Shall we say and what it is? It is the it bestest, is? and it's been the bestest for over a year now, but. It has, it has. Wings didn't beat it. Cimarron didn't beat it. Braveheart didn't come close, you know? Schindler's List is the best best picture winner of all time. In yeah. nine Nine average score from us. Yeah, go so back then, and watch our, our Schindler's List episode. I mean
0: List review was a great review. I, frankly, we I were think we, we were, really, were crying in that review. I, I, uh, uh, or close to.
3: We were. I mean, I remember just being enraptured by that film because it was the first time that I had like actually watched it all the way through that wasn't broken acro- broken up across a week in my social studies class. Yeah. Um. And yet, yeah, it is just. Masterful filmmaking from a little guy named Steven Spielberg. If you've heard of him, one of the greats, one of the greatest to ever do it. So
1: um, he made he made very player one guys. We will <laughs>
0: be uh, we will be minting ten <laughs> ten. Yeah, yeah, and some other movies too. We will, too. Be. Uh, so, we will be we will be creating a a special award and mailing it to Steven Spielberg. Saying yes. that his film, Schindler's List, got ranked number one on the Quest for the Bestest official list as the best Best Picture winner mm-hmm. of all time, according to the most intelligent film critics on the Steve, internet, Us. Just move a couple of those Oscars off the shelf, put those in storage, and we'll
3: put our, like, paper mache uh, I, award I, 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 I bought some really
0: fancy parchment paper for letter writing, and we'll use that. Okay, could make a
1: little Oscar statue that looks like Timo. The little well, Timo that'd be great. That <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and, and Steve, Stephen, please leave your address in the comment section so yep. I know where to send your award. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Then, please do that. Yes, please do so.
0: Well, my God, we did it. We yeah. we did, we got a little bit more to do, but we could really celebrate now. We really did it. Ninety-five movies, ninety-five podcast episodes. It's all on that giant list. You can check the description of this video for the list on Letterboxd. My oh my! We set out a long time ago to do this, to to embark on this quest, and now it's really come to a close, almost. Mm -hmm. Starting with the most recent, and now ending
1: with the least recent. Also poetically, with the with the least recent (laughs) (laughs) Uh, started back on September fifteenth of twenty twenty. Wow! Abram still had hair. Timo had no Mm -hmm. facial hair. Uh, Tanner had no facial hair. I look the same. <laughs> <laughs> some of us have changed. Some of us not. You know, some our, our, our our backgrounds
0: have
2: certainly changed since then. Quite a then. lot. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's just where we, are, the way we are it, all it crumbles. Cookie
2: wise, w- we all will be out of uh, school by the time this video is live, unless any of us are gonna fail at the last moment. Well, I, you think, know, we, we will see. We'll see. But yeah, the, I mean, I'm <laughs> good. If, I did if it. If I can, I'm done.
0: I finished school. <laughs> if if I can get a little
3: schmaltzy here. Go I ahead. think it is, you know, it is it is like a poetic thing and like a really like interesting meaningful, meaningful thing that you know, we started this when when 2020 would have been like our sophomore year of college in the no, middle no, of the, oh. 73 days
1: ago. Yeah. 900.
3: And, Jesus. Uh we th- this massive like part of uh you know, uh growing as a film lover, film appreciator, film watcher and film reviewer, film critic, if I may be so bold. Um, is wrapping up in its first iteration, at least, at the very time that we are like, you know, going out into the world for the first time, wrapping up with college. It's it's yeah. really interesting <laughs> that these two things just aligned. Yeah. And yeah, we got a I, cat today. We got a cat today. You know, That's we, crazy. we're basically parents now.
0: So. yeah. Oh, my God. Slow down, though. Slow down. The, the rest of your life can wait, man. Oh, okay. I, okay. I wrote my will. I rented my gravestone. It's great. Mm-hmm. I'm killing Tucker tonight I'm to get a life all the stuff on his will. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, my God. I had to wait
1: till I finished Quest, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It has been such an unbelievable pleasure. I, I, You know, we have scheduling troubles. It's hard sometimes for us to yes. sit our asses down and record these episodes. But by I'm God, so is fine. it so much fun every time we do it. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm so happy that it's not really ending.
3: <laughs> exactly, it's, it is. You know, we we we're
0: mourning Closure the loss of good. quest,
2: but it's not really when West not, we're, is we're dead. Wrong really closing quest. the quest. It's actually exactly. that's a good way to put it. We're we're actually so much further away from the end now than we were a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. With that
3: being said, I'm gonna say two more things, okay? Yeah. Um Because we all we all shook our hands and patted ourselves on the back for doing this thing, but I do want to. Thank the audience for coming along with us. All of the people who were there from the beginning, who are still watching, all the friends that we picked up along the way, all the estranged sons that we have now mm-hmm. yeah. that we picked up There's along the children. way. Great big um, happy
0: quest family. Oh, I should do a exactly. quest family tree. Quest family tree. Just like okay.
1: all of us are parents, uh-huh. we all have the same like level of relationship. We're all intermingling, and then we just have we're all like, in a the love
0: rhombus together.
1: I mm-hmm. love. I love Trapezoid,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, and Crem, Crem. I do implore you, and I, I do hope that you come along with us for the continuation and the next book that we will write. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that book, book is not written yet. Yeah, that you book is not book. written yet. Um, We would like to, if inspiration strikes you and you come up with a great, fantastic next quest idea, let us know in the comments. Continue letting us know. Or in the mm-hmm. Discord, link yep. in the description and all that good stuff, but... It's I think, exciting. I want to thank,
1: I want to thank the John Tour Eleven for being the only comment on our first episode of Quest.
2: Wow, one comment. Parasite. I have like a thousand views. Yeah, <laughs> one I, I also comment. I just want to note to Tanner's point about us writing a new book. We're actually taking the transcripts of every Quest episode and publishing those in a book. Oh yeah. Jesus, <laughs> that's the first Quest book. I've, I've saved up ten thousand dollars for transcription mm-hmm. services.
0: I've got oh, well. Descript.
1: I got but <laughs> puppies in a Descript.
0: Well, yeah, might so, as well. <laughs> next time you're at Barnes and Noble, look for the look for it in the uh, uh, I don't know the
2: nonfiction section. Look for it in the dumpster, <laughs> <are> <laughs> in the dumpster
0: behind the outback. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, Can we all say
2: the things that we or want any to dumpster.
3: With? Yeah, because we're just gonna ship it out everywhere. See you any,
0: <laughs> any final words before I wrap us out of this one? Cheesecake. Good as any. Well, ensorcelled. Oh. <gasps> Wait, wait wait with my oh, least amount of subtleism possible I am going to there you end go <laughs> this, this this season, this mega season, this arc of quest for the bestest we did it. we did every single best picture winner and now we're gonna do a couple more so stick around you know all I want to say to all of you fellas here that I'm talking to and all the audience out there stay cool, keep warm and peace.